Yo, yo, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Desmond and Neil show. You know, I flipped it around. It's not Neil and Desmond. It's the Desmond and Neil show. Yo, welcome back, everybody, man, to our voice podcast. I'm here with my homie, my brother, Neil. I'm Desmond Mead, Executive Director of Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, and... And I'm Neil Vols, Deputy Director of Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, here with Des, man. I love getting into the <laughs> studio, getting ready to have a conversation, another busy week, lots another happening, one. and here we are. So much, man. You know, we went through a crazy month again, right? <laughs> like, this stuff never never stops, but for listen, for our first-time listeners, our voice podcast is our attempt to elevate the voices of people who are directly impacted by the criminal justice system. We are we are people who, a matter of fact, we're subject matter experts, right? And we while we recognize the work of our colleagues and allies who may have all of the fancy degrees on the wall and everything, uh, what they don't have is our lived experience. And that was something that we wanted to make sure that we elevated uh, those kind of voices because, you know what, at the end of the day, those who are closest to the pain are often the ones who are closest to the solution. And so throughout this country, they're returning citizens, they're uh, justice-impacted people, they're formerly incarcerated people who are doing amazing work, even within the state of Florida. We have a bunch of them, and we just want to make sure that the voices of those people, the voices of us, that's right. The voices of a lot of our listeners and viewers are, are elevated. Yeah, because we know our perspective matters here, right? Like sometimes our stories and the, the, the issues that we care about get told by other people. And, you know, it just doesn't quite align with how things actually work sometimes, right? It's kind of like, like what, you're going to go try and set up a, a farm and not talk to a farmer, you know? I mean, you, you just got to, like, life experience matters. Yeah, man. So, so man. what's been going on, bro? Oh, uh, man, we, uh, you know, this has been so much going on. I feel like I just keep putting gas in the car, mm-hmm. you know, driving all over this state. Man, things are popping. There's a lot of people getting active. And, yeah. man, I'm, I'm feeling hopeful about, about what's possible here. Man, and I, I'm, I'm a little excited, man, because we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. Say F-R-C. it. Say it. Do you in say 10-year anniversary? 10-year, 10 10 years anniversary, man. You know, we should have, technically, we should have celebrated it, right, at the end of last year. But, you know, COVID and stuff like that. Kind of threw us off a little bit. So uh, more time, better yeah. party. I know, yeah. I know how Bigger it's going. You yeah. know, more celebs. You know, that's right. Uh, more uh, uh, superstar returning citizens and justice impacted people there. You know, uh, so looking forward to it. Yeah, right? I love that concept of like returning citizen excellence, man. We're gonna yeah. show up and show out. Yeah, I mean, this is the year, right? Of our voice, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what's it? Our vote, our voice, our, our vision, right? Heck yeah! And so. We're we're looking forward to really a very special rollout um, in this 10-year anniversary convening, man. We're going to have returning citizens from all over the state and some from over the country that's going to uh, grace us with their presence, man. And I'm looking forward to it, very excited about it. And it's like knocking on the door. That's right. Well, speaking uh, of knocking on the door and being excited, man, we got us a guest today. Nah, no, we don't. No, no, no. We got we really, serious. Hold up. So once again, have Brandon and Xavier done it again? You know, we challenged them. Yeah. Is that after the first season? Like, man, we got to go get the goats. Man. Right? We got to get, you know, take this thing to the next level. They're taking it to the next they, level. They are. Like, I, I, I've been waiting on this conversation. Man, you know, we've been having some some big ones now. Oh, yeah. We've been having some big ones. So, I mean, are you saying that the guests we have today, 
right? Fits into that category? Heck yeah, man. Like, oh, come wow. on, right there. Like, you can go <laughs> up, and then you go up some more, <laughs> and that's, that's what, what's yeah. up, man. I mean, and that, on a personal hey. level, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he's not just changing the world. He's also changing my life and your really? life, you know? Like, oh, man. Come Hold on, on, right? I, I, I can see where you're going with this. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I can see that. As a matter of fact, we do go way back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, who, who we, but let me ask you. Tell the, tell the folks who you're talking to. Well, we're we talking talk to Brandon Sturdivant, man. He's, he's joining us <laughs> in the Brandon, West Coast. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, listen, Brandon is like real cool, brother. Uh, he uh, is the co-director of Mass Lib. Um, and, I mean, he does something even bigger than that to me, you know. Brandon and I go way back. Uh, back in our early organizing days when we were organizing for PICO. Um, uh, more specifically, when we were in uh, the Lifelines to Healing, mm. right? Now, remember that? Now, Lifelines to Healing uh, a campaign that turned into the Live Free campaign. But I like to hype the Lifeline to Healing because that's something that we want to talk about today, right? The healing, right? And understanding that that in order for us to be uh, the powerful people that we are destined to be or, or, or called to be, that there's some also healing that we have to uh, uh, go through. And I think that I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting that that's one of the reasons why this guy, Brandon, is kind of like up there big time. That's right. Right, because healing <laughs> is such an essential part of our, of our being and, and of our work. And so, yeah, Brandon, man, he used to organize with me with uh, Lifelines of Healing and then uh, Live Free. And then he moved on from that uh, to now Mass Lib. Uh, and so I am I'm excited to, I, to I, have I, him on. And, you know? and I got a little different, an additional perspective to what you're talking about is like, man, I think about in my life mm -hmm. so many times when I made a good decision or learned to change, you mm -hmm. know, like go through that restoration process. It's it's because there's somebody in your life who's willing to tell you the things that you need to hear, not necessarily <laughs> that you want to hear. Yeah. And, and I've had several conversations over years with Brandon that, that, that just fit that bill, you know, mm -hmm. where you're like, man, I became better after talking yeah. to this dude. And that, that having somebody like that in your life is a big, big deal. So, man, I'm personally excited about yeah. everything that Brandon brings to the movement and to just other people's lives because he's... Well, let me tell y'all, man. Seriously, um, on a serious note, a few weeks uh, a few weeks ago, we had this amazing uh, men's and women retreat for FRC in Florida, and Brandon uh, was our number one facilitator, and he did such an amazing job. And then the follow up to that was like so much on point uh, that we you know we just knew that we had to bring him on because uh, what he does, he does a great job at it. And, and the things that we talk about are things that we all need to talk about. Sometimes we get caught up in the policies. We get, you know, caught up into the politics and, and we get caught up into the campaigns. And while we're in, in the voter registrations and voting turnout and, and advocacy that we forget to advocate for us and deal with the things that are inside of us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, listen, without further ado, let me bring it on. Our, the FRC sensei, guru, Dalai Lama himself. The Jedi Knight. <laughs> Jedi. This is it, the Jedi warrior, 
Brandon S. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Brandon. What's going on, man? Y'all got me blushing over here, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> With an intro like that, I would forget it. Whatever I say, it don't matter. Let me let me just hop off while while, while we uh while we went in here. It's yeah, just, man. What's like, going on, man. Brandon? Ah, man. I'm uh I'm sitting here in a, on a on a sunny California day, uh, enjoying myself and ready to talk to y'all about healing, about transformation. You oh. know, it's good seeing y'all few weeks ago and um yeah hey listen brandon before before we can even get into this conversation i just got to make sure that one thing just one thing are you a a high state buckeye fan No. All right. <laughs> All right. We get to go. We just got to start. We just got to start. I just want to make sure. We got to start doing labels around here. No. We, we don't like <laughs> labels in this place, man. What's I just wanted doing? to make sure. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm keeping running tabs about how many people Neil is agreeable to get on this show that are either, you know, just straight out Buckeye fans or secret Buckeye fans. Right, because I know he's trying to stack the deck. Dang, but I just wanted to make sure. You're just sure. going to call me out in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to call you out. Right, right. I, I, I right. <laughs> That's how we heal. <laughs> you know? And I, I, hey, listen, right, I'm, still, first, right. I'm still hurting <laughs> from that doggone blown call in the end zone when University of Miami, right, uh, broke up the pass play, and all of a sudden this pass interference. Oh, uh, one of the great calls yeah, in yeah. history, man. So I'm still trying to heal from that. So oh. I have to name that trauma, right? <laughs> it's only 20 years, man. It's only 20 20 years. <laughs> but, but Brandon, um, listen, tell our viewers, man, what is it that you do? Right. So um, I'm the uh, co-founder of Mass Liberation Project, um, and it's an organization that supports folks who are directly impacted. Um, it's primarily black-led and abolitionist dismantle the criminal legal system, right? There's many different ways we need to go at uh, opportunities to get our people free. We do it specifically through um, a lens of healing, um, like abolition as like the primary source and directly impacted leadership that folks who are formerly incarcerated, folks who are directly impacted have to be at the center of the conversation or else what are we talking about? Uh, Do that through a number of different ways. There's training, there's coaching, um, there's all sorts of supports. But um, I love the fact that I I have the role now of, of healer of like actually stepping into the space of somebody who supports folks um, through trauma, supports them through challenges uh, to get to the other side of, of our potential, knowing that that our trauma, our challenges, the things that there are things that hold us back from being ourselves and all of our wholeness um, and, and all of our potential, I should say. And I'll stop there. So what does that what does that look like, coach? I mean, you, you, you're saying that you coach people through that. What is it exactly that you do? Right. So it, it's a, um, you know, it can look a number of different ways. We, we, we try to make it complicated, but sometimes it's a conversation. Um, sometimes it's facilitation, facilitating spaces for teams. Sometimes it's holding space through mediation. Um, a lot of it, I'm starting to move into a space of supporting people to move energy. Uh, it's, it's the most California thing ever, but it's a process or a methodology called somatics where we actually like, move trauma through our body um yeah so it um th- those are kind of the core methodologies i mean or the, or the core practices like coaching with folks facilitation holding space through mediation um and and practices like somatics 
But I also delve into stuff with folks around like recovery, having three and a half years sober. Um, and um, like a real, real emphasis on like uh, the peer aspect of coaching that like folks can support each other without having all the, just naming it, the degrees, um, the the things that we think we need to be to be able to support each other. We don't need all that, sh that stuff. We actually just need to be across from each other, having presence, listening, and being an open, um, an open space for us to share our truth. Wow. And, 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 and I'm gonna give Neil, I'm gonna give you a chance to get in here, but let me just ask this other question that when you're, when you're, when you're talking about this healing piece, or you're talking about moving trauma throughout the, through the body, right? Why do you, why do you think it's important? Right. And how do you see the impact showing up in the work? Yeah. Um, that is, that's a, that's a great question. Why? Uh, so the whole process in healing is like for the sake of what? Um, and the truth is um, when we are in places, I'm, 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 I'm tempted to touch it. So, I, so it's, it's telling me to touch it, <laughs> which is in movement spaces, man. A lot of us come into this work because we've been damaged by the system, mm -hmm. right? No matter where you're talking about the ultimate destination of it, when you step into the space, we all know that the criminal justice, the criminal legal system, whatever you want to call it, has damaged our communities and damaged our lives, damaged our relationships. Um, and then we like turn around and say, okay, now I want to fix this thing. Um, and oftentimes we don't recognize the actual impact it's had on us, right? On, on my day-to-day -day experience as a human and how I build mm -hmm. relationships and how I build community. Um, and so, for the why to me is if we're going to transform systems, we actually have to transform ourselves first. Okay. Or, or okay. Depend, depending on how, the language, right? At the same time, whatever you want to call it. For me, it is it is a first thing. For me to for me to tangibly support the transformation of something else, I actually have to transform my own experience. Okay. And that those systems, I'm not going to get too too weighty with it, but those systems, the criminal legal system in particular, was built on. The, the isms, right? The isms that shape our world. White supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, ableism, things that, that like say, if you fit into this body of work, you are good, you are value, you get opportunity. And if you do not fit into those things, you have no value. You are on the margins. And as folks who are, I'm directly impacted myself and I can um, tell a little bit of my story in a second. But as folks who are directly impacted, we have and informally incarcerated, we have to be very clear uh, about like dismantling those things inside of ourselves. Otherwise, we trip and fall and make messes in movement. Well, well, I'm, I, yeah, I'm glad you touched. <laughs> yeah, because that's glad actually where, where I was hoping yeah. to go, uh, Brandon, was because I think we have two things going on in the movement, right, where we fight really hard to make sure that people who are impacted by the system have a voice, right, that, that, that we are being heard, we're at the table, so to speak, and then at the same time, we're in our trauma sometimes. Right. So we're fighting kind of to go through our own stuff. I, I think about a conversation I had with you in 2020. Um, right. Like part of what I went through 15 years ago, you know, was a pretty high profile scandal. And like just being out of control of my own identity and having kind of shame and, and label, you know, and dehumanization mm -hmm. kind of thrown at me. 
um, was a hard process to, to, to kind of, and I still work on it, but all of a sudden we had some, some things align in 2020 where, man, I was in it all of mm. a sudden all over again. And I didn't even realize it. And it was a conversation with you uh, at one of our bus stops where you really helped me just kind of recenter and be like, why are you fighting? Who are you fighting for? Think about who are you fighting for. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you like centered me back into like, why are you doing what you're doing as opposed to me kind of losing a couple of days on, in my own anxiety and my own stuff. And I just mm -hmm. think that a lot of us who really dedicate our lives to this, you know, the, the passion is there, but sometimes, man, if we don't focus on healing and I don't have it down. I'm just saying it as, as <laughs> yeah. something that's like, I think it's an important concept is man, we don't get, get time to really heal and, and, and do that together. You know, yeah. we we can actually move some things backwards rather than forward. Like yeah. we want. Yeah. I don't know if it's to like the absolute answer, but I know it's a process. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, everything might not be perfect or accurate or whatever, but just as long as there's that process, you know, I'm, I'm interested because that as you know, listening to Brandon speak, you know, I'm thinking about the time we were in California, you and I at the Othering and Belonging yeah, Conference. Yeah, that's right. Right? And I think I was uh, on stage with one of the McBrides, and we were both, I think we were both we on were stage. We were both on stage, yeah. And the, the part where he says that the, the oppressed take on the characteristics of the oppressor, mm. right? And that's what I thought about, Brandon, when, when you was talking, that, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? Uh, some and so while we're fighting for liberation or fighting for policy changes, we may engage in actions that may cause further trauma or hurt or, or some type of trauma to other folks and even maybe even to ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And so, Grant, I'm, I'm glad you touched it. I need you to keep touching it some more, right? Uh, and, and listen, it, we keep it real on this uh, on this uh, podcast, so. You know, um, it is what it is, right? So yeah, yeah, I, go ahead. yeah. No, so I was, I, I, I wanted you to, um, to, to dive in some more, man, and and really, you know, talk about like some of the things that maybe you have seen, and I'm not talking about talking about a particular person, whatever, but some of the things that you've seen uh, that like someone like me may have engaged in that actually was causing harm. But when I was able to go through the somatics or or go through some healing process, how that changed me and how it impacted the work. Yeah, being, being tangible. Um, so there's like quite a few um, brothers at this point um, uh, I'm around in particular, but there's people in general, brothers in, uh, at this point that I've coached, um, been coaching for a minute. And you know, not so using those stories don't, don't doesn't feel as like um, as appropriate. But what I, I can I can use mine, yeah. right? So like I I, um, I stepped into what they call the, um, the the dojo in in somatics, and you know, for further information, there's folks who who who, who like organizations who do this bold. Right, black organizing for leadership and dignity, generative somatics, Strozzi Institute, um, just to, to name those folks as organizations. But I stepped into the, my first um, experience at, at a training and had like a moment of of uh, opening up, and f for the first time in my life, like crying those tears that I that I wanted to cry when I was a little boy. Um, crying those tears from shit that happened to me 
this cursing thing. I, that, I'll, I'll try to be one and done with that. Like, because <laughs> it'll start, if I don't catch it down, I'll just yeah, keep going with it. We, we, we bleeped you, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but stuff that, that happened to me that I, that I actually wasn't able to process, injuries to my respect, um, my dignity, my belonging, my safety as a child um, that had me showing up in ways, and I'm just going to be very specific now, like not being affectionate with my son. Right. How many of us go through that? And, and I'm talking about my experience in this male body, this black male body. Like, don't be a punk. Stop being a bee. Right. Like that was the private life. And, and the public life was like um, strategies got to be my way. You come with something that 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 um, that I think is is inappropriate. I'm throwing it not even inappropriate that, that I don't think is my idea. If I'm really honest about it, I'm throwing it out, out of the window, um, unable to build teams unable to be accountable, right? I can show up when I want to, I can have the kind of reactions and experiences I want to, but I want to hold you accountable um, for things and not be accountable myself. Um, just l ways in which I was not ready uh, to step into to, to real leadership. And here's the crazy part, Des, I was already in movement. I was already <laughs> organizing. I mean, yeah. like I had won some stuff by by the time I stepped into this, the dojo is what we what we call it, into to an experience where I was, um, like, in a process to, of healing when I was starting that process, and so the for the sake of why is like, a lot of times as leaders we're unaware of our own stuff. Yeah. And it literally just gets in the way of us being able to build. If we want to switch it to movement, it gets in the way of, of us wanting to to build power to free our people, right? To have folks have good experiences in their lives and work. And as men, I, I'm tapping into that part of part of the healing as well. That's really important. As men, shaping the experience of 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 women, of our children of queer folk like we have we have a lot yeah. we have a lot to do with their day-to-day -day experience and as, as if we're not healing folks have mm -hmm. a, a terrible experience with us that's what's up so when you called yourself you said you were directly impacted what does that mean mm -hmm. tell me how that came about yeah um yeah my father my dad did 12 my biological father did was in prison on and off his entire life till he passed away my grandpa did five my cousin did five my uncle's doing effectively life um you know my other uncle been in and I'm, i mean i could keep going right like i'm the black male in my family who didn't go to prison i think there's there's like wait a wait, wait hold, up, hold up hold up let's back up are you saying that you're the only black male in your family that didn't go to prison uh prison or or significant jail yeah, time yeah wow and yeah, wow. yeah, it's it's maybe it's maybe two of us. Wow. Maybe two. And, I, and I'm and and I I got the extended. I'm not talking about like nuclear. I'm talking about I'm th I'm counting 30, 40 people at this point. Mm. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're surrounded by people that's been impacted by this justice system. And what type? What impact did that have on you? Yeah, I think it was a couple of a couple of impacts. One, I think. Um, Culturally, I was raised in a particular kind of way when everybody around you um, grows up and, and has like kind of like a um, like folks who, who are able to survive that beast. Right. And get out. Um, 
carry themselves, hold themselves, live a certain way. <laughs> I grew up eating spreads, right? And I didn't I didn't know that was, you know, you take the hot dog, right? You take the noodles, you know what I'm saying? I'm throwing some cheese, some eggs, some green onion if they got those crackers in that thing, where the mayonnaise at. Yeah. Right. I'm eating I'm and I went to when I went to college, I was like, why are you eating noodles like that? I'm like, what this is how you eat noodles. Nah, I was eating, I was making spreads, right? Wow. So that yeah, that's like the um that the culture food is our culture right so my yeah. like culturally i kind of grew up mm. uh, um in that particular kind of way um but <laughs> i think <laughs> right it's a trip right wow. i think the other the the other piece was um it made me have an affinity for folks who have been some through something yeah i just naturally naturally uh gravitated to somebody in the room who had to look in their face like they uh like like um they had moved through something they they knew that they, they had resilience in them and mm -hmm. so a lot of the relationships i've built over my life for folks who, who who've done time um and i would say the last thing it, it, the real impact the another real impact was uh empathy it was always empathetic mm -hmm. always you know what i'm saying when you see Unk go in and come out and he go in and he come out and you see him change over time you see, there's a softening of your heart that um of my heart that happened that uh made me look at life a a, a specific kind of way what you mean by <laughs> change i mean tell me about it every time he went in what it was just worse i mean or he just looked more defeated or what was i mean what was that you were saying yeah, I saw, I mean, I saw a hardening, like a, um, like a, a hardening, let, let's, you know, it, it went from like, let's go to the park and kick it, you know, I'm a kid, right? Let's go to the park and kick it. The first thing you let her do with your uncle was go hoop or play mm -hmm. catch to, to I'm busy, to, you know, to I'm using, to I get out and I'm gone, to I actually don't want to be around family. Like you could see that I'm using that as an example with yeah. me, but you could see the withdrawing from life, right? Like the withdrawing from from joy, uh, and the, the withdrawing from hope. And I, I saw that experience not just in him, but you got to, you know, grow, I grew up. I grew up. I'm an '80s baby, right? So I so I like was like walking around in the '90s. So like I saw that all across the community I grew up in and with the men in my family in particular and some and some of the women too. So t so tell me something <laughs> so Brandon. Like, yeah cuz cuz when I I'm, I'm listening to you man my 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 heart is uh, like I'm I'm just feeling you and tracking with your story man uh and what I see and what I feel is is that you had this love right that you love people and you're seeing this system and probably asking a whole lot of questions and being like, well, why this? Why, well, you know, why my, my, my community? Why my family? Why, why we got to go through this? And it, infused with love comes this amazing guy, right? Like that, that, that helps shape you to say, man, I, I, this is the fight of my life. Like when did you get involved in the movement, man? Yeah, I got involved um, when I came home from school um, and I... Um, you know, I had my own matriculation through, but but um, ended up going to school in D.C., came home, and I started getting, like, requests to write letters for child support, and do you know a lawyer, and can you help me with this case? And, you know, my best friend, uh, you know, he, he, he caught a, he caught a pretty, a pretty difficult one and, and, you know, slipped out of two decades. And so it was like, it was literally just at my front door, like, and then I started, um, I started organizing Help Save a School in Oakland. Um, and through 
you know who I was organizing with? Who were the most active parents? They had records. Wow. They had done time. <laughs> That's right. Right? Wow. Like it was like it was it was just God staring at me in the face like um They got a record, can't go to PTA from... meetings, can't hang out at the school, can't be like anybody else. And they and they but they care about their kids Heck and they yeah. want to make sure that their kids have a place because they know they know their experience and they don't want their kids to go through that. So mm-hmm. hell now nah, you ain't closing this school in West Oakland. So those were the most active parents, and I started doing education organizing. And eventually, it just got to a place where it was clear that um, our folks, yes, th- th- we need to fight for education. But the thing that was, oh, oh, do, do I do I got a little time? Cause yeah, because because actually, because <laughs> this is actually the lifelines to this is di- directly connected to lifelines to healing. Go ahead, you just t- tap my memory here. We used to do the night the night walks. Yes, right? I remember the night Oakland. walks. We used to yep. do the night walks in West Oakland. I remember Barbara That's, Lafitte well, hold on, Wale. Hold on for Go a second. Ahead. So the night walks was uh-huh. was part of a process with, uh, that addressed gun violence, mm. right? And and you know, of course they had other, uh, I would guess tactics like um, the uh, customized call ins and things of that nature. But one of the key elements was that the community and the churches would actually go out into the community at night walk in the community and so that was one of the aspects of the ceasefire mm-hmm. uh, uh uh program go ahead Brandon. yeah so we doing the night walks in west oakland and um barbara so they they start this the this this um like session this opportunity to talk with um, some of the brothers who are part of ceasefire right like the, there's night walks and there's like sit downs with some of the folks who are like considered responsible for what's going on with like some of the gun violence and we flipped it and had these things called feel-good sessions where we would bring them in and it wouldn't be like law enforcement like talking at them it'd be like community being like yo how can we support how can we help mm-hmm. and so I, I this just came back to me we flipped it and did a listening campaign so we had all of these these dope uh like you know, church going folks who cared about their community some of them were impacted and they wanted to um like help these young brothers and 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 uh, you know, I, I'm I'm the kind of organizer. I don't I don't need nobody to help me. I need you to be an ally, right? I, what's what Des always says it like what's what you got it. What's what's your skin in the game, right? <laughs> um, and so we we did a we flipped it and did a listening session. And so, but they didn't know it was a listening session. They thought they were supposed to take this young brother, take them under his wing, take them under their wing, and go have lunch with them a few times over the next couple of months. But it was really a listening session for them to really deeply see these people. Mm. Um, and out of that, out of those conversations that started just about let's let's talk about like you know the gun violence and get you some services, we came back and I said, yo, so like, what was these folks' experience? And man, all of these. All of these um, these young men had grew up, um, family had been impacted by violence, you know, had issues with education, um, you know, had no economic, op- little economic opportunity. But the biggest one that came across, all of them had been involved with the criminal legal system and had family members involved with the criminal mm. legal system. And so it was like, okay. And that that was a light switch that cut the engine on for the. And I remember I remember those 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 um those those folks to this day the way that they organized um, in California around AB one hundred and nine 
with so much heart, so much passion. It was because they had got, they had, they had done what y'all have built like through Amendment Four. They had saw folks as actual people and saw the need through their experience. And their experience was, yo, like I've been, I've been locked up. Yeah, I've been mm. locked up. Folks, have, folks have given up on me. It, uh. it was, it was a that. I'm, as I'm thinking back, that was some of the most powerful organizing that I've ever done, and it was in a in a, in a two month period of just having folks listen to each other. That sounds like that light switch moment a little bit, right, in your own life. <clears throat> Where it's like you got these pat- mm-hmm. patterns coming together, you're starting to get aligned, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh! In this two month period, I see it, right? Like this is the you know the purpose in my life is rolling out right in front of me. Man, it it definitely it rolled out. Um, and it was around the same time that like like California had the issues with like AB 109 and people were actually starting to talk about overcrowding. Wait, what um, is AB 109? What is that? AB 109 was a, um, it was a California, I think it was a, a statute that um, it basically, because of overcrowding, um, you know, Supreme Court said something has to be done. AB 109 took the responsibility of nonviolent, non-serious, non-sexual offenders, quote unquote, to from the responsibility of state to county. So like folks got out of prison for, for those offenses, they were now on probation. Folks who were going new would, would um, you know, for, and for new offenses would be on, uh, would go to county jail instead of going, going to prison. It was like kind of a, it wasn't the most revolutionary thing at all because it was like just kind of shifting of the deck, but it was the precursor to like, um, a bunch of other prop 47 know, uh, yeah prop 47 yeah. and and the whole nine so um yeah some of the, some of the earlier days I, I i talk about it with with uh with folks when, when this stuff when this stuff wasn't it wasn't as uh as well funded as, <laughs> hey. as most folks involved yeah. so brandon now you so now you've qualified yourself as an og right, right. <laughs> is that what that was <laughs> yeah basically that's what it was you know like yeah i was organizing long before this thing became popular you know what i'm saying i was out there in the yeah. streets right yeah. and here's the deal when you all right so when you look at a californian right and and you have an understanding today about criminal justice policies and the reform that's needed mm-hmm. right where what kind of grade would you give california as it relates to its legal system. Man, that is a question, Desmond. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm buying yeah. Brandon a couple seconds yeah. to think about it, but yeah. he's just throwing it up. Yeah. Woo! Mind you, your state governor Desmond. might be watching this episode <laughs> of the wanna, Neil and Desmond show. Do you want to <laughs> ask me this now? Um, look, I'm, I'm, so I'm not as close these days to you OG though California let's you, 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 you oh. are an OG all right so you want me to you know look look I want you look, to touch it I, um I'm gonna I'm touch it so my 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 my, my uh, one of my one of my family um man he just took 21 just took a just took a football number so um, I have in the last year been paying closer attention to like what's been happening. <clears throat> I mean, I know a lot of the, some of the folks who are doing the youth organizing as well. Um, I personally believe I'm like legitimately an abolitionist. I don't believe that cages work for who we say we want to be, for who we say we want to be as as a society, 
it don't I'm t I'm t i told you that story about my uncle coming in and out like it, it didn't make him no better like i and so that is what is in my mind when i think of any we can sit we man you got people spending spending a billion dollars to go to space and this is how we handle harm it's it is it, some it don't match um so from 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 that place the level of like what we spend resource on and versus what we do with folks who we consider like undesirable, the, the, the like you said, the, the weakest link in the chain, the, the lowest among us. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's a D right. Like there is some stuff that happens in California where like, Wait, you now get, um, go ahead. Did you say a D or a B man? D D a D D. Okay. It, ain't, it ain't an F because it uh, worse exists. Right. <laughs> but, um, for for me, it, it, it is a D because we still heavily. I told you I just went through something with um, a young brother who, um, who's gonna go through a lot over the next you know, over the next few years, uh, and and the recourses we have to like actually deal with 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 harm, to deal with mistakes people make, mm -hmm. they're, they're extremely limited. The PD was like, no, he shouldn't have to make this decision. He shouldn't have to take this, but this is the law. Yeah, and whenever we're in that place where you know, yeah. we're, we're behind. Well, you know, you, I've, I, throughout this interview right now, you know, I've heard you mention the word abolitionist uh, on s several occasions, right? <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, matter of fact, we haven't, we haven't talked about. No, that's right. The, this would no. be a good time to talk about. I don't know if we got the time to talk about it now. Yeah. But well, let me can I just say one to, thing. We to, may have to yeah. do bring a couple of experts on there to that's really right. that's push right. this thing back and forth. Because I got some uh, questions about that too. But like I said, I know this is more about the healing piece than the abolition piece. But I want you to hear and uh, know that I hear you, right? And I, I, I acknowledge that position, and definitely don't want anyone to think that I would minimize that position. Right, uh, okay. for any reason, just wanted to just to bring that out there, and then to really know that listen, that's something that we should bring. That's right. We should bring to the show real soon. Yeah, because Brandon, I sit there and think about like what you were saying, um, and I think about how we are as people, right? Like, like you giving a D, come coming from you. I mean, that says to me that you're engaged in something that is is so powerful, which is changing the possible. You know, you know, taking something that seems impossible and making it possible. Right. Because I, I have learned, you know, from you, from other folks that we've walked in, I, I spend way too much time in spaces in which we feel confined to what's possible. Right. But that we really could live in a different world. Like, why do we live in a society in which at any moment we can put somebody in a cage anywhere in the country at any time in any community, but you can't hook somebody up with a therapist? Right. Mm. Like, like what would the world look like if it was as <laughs> easily accessible to get somebody who loved you and, and thought about your mental well-being and direct immediate mm. access versus we can throw you in a cage. And when I think of what you do and, and, and I'm, man, you're one of my favorite people in the world. So you're just going to have to take my flag waving and you can give me a hard time offline. But, <laughs> but like I, I, you push us, me, you know, to think and to transform what's possible. Right. And I think that's a wildly important gift that you bring. Right. So I hear you give a D and I'm like, oh, he's thinking big, man. He, yeah. He's saying D because what an he A feels, looks like yeah. actually is something many of us don't even stop and think uh, is possible. See that? See that? Neil just Neil just got me on that one, man. I was like, huh, Brandon thinking big with a D. Right. <laughs> maybe he maybe he heard B instead of D. But you're right. You know that that you have it. You're saying that there's so much more that California could do, 
right? And he's looking at it not from, oh, California haven't done enough, right? But more of, oh, wow, look at the possibilities that we have in California. Yeah, like we got wow. a shared vision that yeah. could be big, you know? That's what's up. That's can what's can up. I tap in around abolition and healing for a second, though? Mm-hmm. So, number one, I think having a conversation, and there are, like, I'm just thinking of the number of folks who are like, that is their thing that, that could tap in on this, which y'all would be, I would love to watch something like that. And there is a connection between, like, as I heal myself, so the way we do, the way safety kind of works with us, right, is like we should have like physical safety, right? Like folks should exist in a world where like at any moment I should feel like nothing bad is going to happen to me. But then there, part of safety is like, and, and that, so let me pull back, and that safety is not just like, um, you know, I can expect to go down the street and walk to the store and nothing happened. It's like, I also should have access to food. I should have access to water. Like that, that's also part of the safety, but an inherent part of safety. And this is like the hurdle we got to jump to talk about abolition on, on the real An inherent part of safety is like a felt sense. Like there's a part of me that I have to be responsible internally for me feeling safe. You get what I'm saying? Does that, does that make sense? Like there's some stuff that can happen outside. But then there's stuff that I'm responsible internally for feeling safe that nobody else can do for me. And that relates to like trauma, because when we experience trauma, it disrupts our sense of safety. So now I'm unable to feel safe, even though conditions around me are safe. Or Mm -hmm. I may feel unsafe, even though conditions around me are safe. And that, and that directly connects to a conversation of like abolition, a, a world where we don't have the punishment system we have because most of us expect safety outside of us because we don't actually feel safe internally. And so now mm. I need to on the ready have somebody to call just in case, even though most of them is just getting, you know, I'm being flipping here, getting cats out of trees or some sh- stuff like that. Like I need <laughs> to have that just in case. Yeah. Um, so that, that just wanted to tap in the, the connection there. Yeah, I looked at it. I looked at it just maybe from a different perspective. I looked at it as, you know, people feeling that in order, you know, we talk about this before too. In order to feel safe, we have to make it unsafe for others, right? Mm-hmm. We need to inconvenience mm-hmm. others. We need to put them in uh, very precarious situations in order for us to be safe. And so, for me to be safe from you, I need to call the police, right? right? Uh, for me to be safe from my family member who may be, you know, acting out, whatever, then I need to call it. We, we've been trained to, okay, well, call the police. The police will offer us safety. But one of the things that I found kind of interesting was I've been in, like, in different groups and sessions where when people were asked when they felt the most safe, it had nothing to do with law enforcement. Right. It had nothing to do with law enforcement, right? And it had a lot more to do with some internal peace, right? But, you know, like I said, I think that's a, uh, you know, we have to, uh, well, listen, um, we put the challenge out again to to Brandon uh, and, and Xavier, who've been getting us amazing guests, that we need to do a show on abolitionist movement, talk through this. And I'm pretty sure they're gonna get us some amazing That's guests. That's right. They haven't let us down this year. Not yet. yet not yet. Yeah, they they've been doing an amazing job. Yeah. But uh, hey, listen, for real, for real, uh, Brandon, I really, I really appreciate you, bro. Um, I appreciate and, you. And and I appreciate you know we started out the show 
Uh, matter of fact, I don't know if we did start the show saying it, but I know I used to always say, um, I, was, I was doing an interview early today and I was telling about how hurt people sometimes can hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think we're closing, we want to you know, close out the show understanding that healed people can also heal people, right? Um, and so, that's right. you know, I, I, I appreciate you being a person that try to take a person's trauma or help walk a person through taking that trauma. I like that moving through the body piece, right? And, 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 and transferring that traumatic energy, right, into some healing energy, right, that it actually make our communities better places and empower our communities. Yeah, and I just want to thank you, Brandon, because I think of like some of the larger work that we all do, which is really how do we transform how we see each other? How do we transform some of these narratives that exist in society that, you know, create barriers uh, for people to, you know, flourish? Um, a lot of that work is, is, is we focus uh, on the outside, right? And, and, and what I, I always am grateful for when, when I see you, your, your, your crew, like you see this healing process at work is, is that actually a lot of that work is also how do we see ourselves, right? Because those two are two sides of the same coin sometimes. And so like while we're trying to, you know, change language and change culture and, and do those things that seem really, really big, it, it does come back to this idea of an individual healing process and, and, and self-awareness around uh, our own trauma. Uh, that's yep. super invaluable to, to, to us actually getting to those places where we somebody could get an A or a B on the test uh, <laughs> in upcoming years. So I, I really up. appreciate you, man. Yeah, we do. Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? You're coming, uh, you're coming to our 10th annual convening? You already know. Oh, bam. Nice. We got it. We got it on tape. Though. We <laughs> got receipts now. Today, the convening <laughs> just got better. That's right. Like that's it. right. That's right. Uh, and, and we definitely want to make sure that we have an uh, element of that healing uh, in our convening, man. And so we're, we're looking forward to seeing you, man. And you can't pull out now, man, because, listen, we got the tape. We got the video. <laughs> we got the audio, bro. You have committed to attending FRCs. Uh, and listen, okay. those of y'all who's watching uh, or listening in, listen, if you have not heard about our 10th anniversary convening uh, that's happening in August of this year, yep. And Listen, you better hit our website, uh, get that information, and make sure you're signing up, man. It's going to be a very special time, especially if you're an individual that's been directly impacted by the justice system. Man, listen, sign up. Let's get down. We got Brandon Studevant that's coming, the guru. What you, you call the, him again? The Jedi. The Jedi. Listen, the Jedi hey, I'm gonna take that, of, of Returning <laughs> City. <laughs> Boy, look at here. He, like I said, uh, a few weeks ago, he did an amazing job uh, at our men's and women's retreat, man. And I'm uh, working with Marquise, man. Uh, oh, right? Powerful. Big money Marquise. <laughs> and they did an amazing job. And so very excited about just the feedback uh, from that convening, and it just just opened my mind as to the possibilities uh, that you know can happen not only here in Florida but really throughout throughout this country, man. And I know Brandon, you you're, you're not only working in Florida, you're in other states too as well, right? 
Yeah, yeah, ten, ten, ten through the mass lit piece in particular, ten orgs um, supporting in, in eight states. But I'm I'm actually tapping in and supporting um, through retreats, through through organize not organized through retreats and through coaching folks folks all over the country. That's what's up. Man. That is what's up. That's what's up. Well, Brandon, man, I don't know. Do you have to pardon word for Brandon? Nah, I just want to say thanks, man. I love you, man, and I appreciate what you do. Going back to Cali, Cali. Cali. But I got something better than that. And we going out with what? That's right. Wavy. Wavy mob. See you, Brandon. That's right. You know that we are the voice.